Thomas, when I had you on right before the election, uh, I asked you what you thought Trump versus Hillary. And you said, well, Hillary is a known disaster. Trump is a risk. You'll take the risk. How do you feel about Trump versus Biden? Uh, not, not that different, except I think Biden is a bigger risk than Hillary was. Be- because? Because, first of all, he's, he's not as smart. And I think uh, that the way things are poised, if he comes in and the Democrats take the Senate, I don't see anything getting better in this generation. I also believe that even though the country has weathered many bad things in the past, there is a point of no return. And I suspect that that's where we're going to be taken to. When I see people talking seriously about abolishing the police force, my gosh, I mean, insanity. And, of course, the biggest losers, if they do that, would be the low-income minority communities where you already have these rising rates uh, of murder uh, as the police withdraw. And the police themselves, when they realize that there are are politicians who will throw them to the wolves uh, uh, rather than uh, confront the loudmouths, they pull back. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go out there and risk their lives needlessly, knowing that the politicians will uh, turn against them if there's any problem. But but there's so much hanging on this that if that doesn't happen, we are going to be in big trouble. It means that the Democrats will have, will be able to appoint the next whatever number of Supreme Court justices turn up during their term. They they have so many counterproductive policies out there that uh, I'm not sure the country can recover from. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes, and we changed attitudes. When I was 17 years old, like many of you, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate the restaurants and movie houses of Wilmington, Delaware. I came out of the civil rights movement. I was one of those guys that sat in and marched and all that stuff. During the 60s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved. I was involved in what, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. I was involved, but I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. I was a suburbanite kid who got a dose of exposure to what was happening to black Americans when I in my own city. You know, when I was a teenager in Delaware, for real, I got involved in the civil rights movement. We have the eighth largest black population in America. Most people don't know that. And uh, I'd go to 8 o'clock mass, then I'd go to Reverend Herring's church where we'd meet in order to organize and figure where we were going to go, whether we are going to desegregate the Rialdo movie theater or what we were going to do. I got my education, for real in the black church. And that's not hyperbole, it's a fact. But I got my education, Reverend Doc, in the black church, not a joke. Because when we used to get organized on Sundays to go out and desegregate movie theaters and things like that, we'd do it through the black church. The challenge for my generation, meaning mine, Mm -hmm. Milton Friedman's generation, Mm -hmm. 
was to establish a an intellectually rigorous defense for human liberty. Mm. And then he pointed to me mm. and said, the challenge for your generation will be to keep your liberty. Yes. How's that project, my generation's project of holding on to liberty coming along? Not well. Uh, one of the reasons I'm glad to be as old as I am is that it, may, it means I may not, I be, may be spared seeing what's going to happen to this country, either internally or as a result of international uh, complications. Is there anything, as you look at the current prospect for this country and the Western world, that would cause you to dance in the streets? If I thought that the voters had some sense of realism and that they were concerned with the, with the larger questions rather than whose ex-wife said what. If the average citizen understood economics as well as it was understood by economists 200 years ago, most of the nonsense that's done in Washington would be impossible politically. What can we do right now? I mean, so really this would be about just sort of electing more libertarian-minded politicians then? I mean, is that really the only way we can change things, do you think? No, I think the main thing, people have to know what the facts are themselves. Uh, if, if everyone knew what all the facts were, I think you'd have an entirely different set, set of people elected. The utter gullibility of the public that, put, that, that follows such people, believes such people, uh, dis disregards all hard facts about what such people are actually doing and what the actual consequences of what they're doing are and just go with the flow of the rhetoric and the wonderful sounding things like, you know, Hope and change. Well, we don't hold elections to make people feel good. We hold elections to find people who have what it takes to have the life and death of millions of, of Americans and the future of the country in their hands. Elections are not held just for social participation. They're not held just to vent our emotions. They're held to elect people who will hold our lives and the lives of our loved ones in their hands, as well as the fate of the entire nation. And I think to go out as if we're voting for, you know, for a homecoming queen or something uh, is madness. I, I advise in that column that people uh, who really haven't had a chance to study these things and know much about it, that their most patriotic act would be to stay home on election day rather than vote on the basis of their whims or, or their emotions uh, which is really playing Russian roulette with the history of the country. They had some sense of the loss of freedom which is infinitely more important than any of the specific issues that, uh, by themselves. That is Obamacare really is a huge step towards the loss of freedom I mean, and it happens in small ways that, 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 but constantly I mean we can't have our own, the light bulb that we want in our own home we can't flush the toilet with the kind of toilet we want. We can't take a shower with the kind of shower head we want. Uh, we can't put our garbage out except uh, uh, and, and broken down by the way that some little uh, uh, gal lighters have decided that oh, we, ought, we, ought, we, ought, we ought to do it. I mean, that, that it, it's just the accretion of these things, uh, many of which are too small to be significant in, in themselves. But in the aggregate you, can, aggregate, you can see the tendency of this. The people who think they know better and they ought to be telling us what to do, uh, those people are the danger. And if you don't see that, then uh, I'm not sure what the, what the future is going to be like.